0: Welcome to the Wanting It More podcast. I am your host, Janet Denton-Howes, and it's an absolute delight to have you here. I'm a marriage and intimacy educator, as well as a creator of the Wanting It More program, which has helped thousands of women who are married to men want and enjoy it more in the bedroom. You know, having low desire was something that I personally struggled with for years in my marriage, so I absolutely get it all. You are not alone. Just a heads up, I use all the words in this podcast, so if you've got little ears around or you're in public setting, you may wanna pop in some earbuds. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Wanting It More podcast. Today, Bridget is joining us to share her story with us. Bridget did Wanting It More in the last round and is so bravely and courageously coming on to share her story with us. We were just talking before about her motivation. So why don't you tell us, why are you doing this crazy thing and talking to a bunch of people about your sex life, Bridget?
1: Hi, everyone. Um well, the reason I wanted to come on is because I have been listening to Jenna's podcast um, since I found out it was a thing and uh, I wanted to come on because other people had been brave coming on and sharing their story, which had been encouraging to me. So I was hoping that, I don't know, even if one part of my story was encouraging to one person, it was it's worth it being brave and putting yourself
0: out there. So yeah, I wanted to give it a go. I wholeheartedly agree for sure. Yeah. And based on the emails I get from people who listen to this podcast, they just cry tears of relief that they're not alone. And that's all we're doing here. Just you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not broken. You're not alone. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself to get us started?
1: Um, I am 33. I have a husband and we've been married for eight years and we have two children, uh, a nearly one-year-old and a nearly five-year-old and yeah we've been together since i was 20 so uh, most of our adult lives we can't remember not being together i guess um yeah we live in new zealand and we're both school teachers
0: and i don't know i seem to attract a lot of teachers isn't that interesting <laughs> did you notice that maybe we've got all got issues i don't know <laughs> I think it's probably like Facebook algorithms or something like that picking up on, I don't know, teachers. I was going to be a teacher, so maybe I give off the teacher vibe and, and we zone are... into you. What's that?
1: And we zone into you.
0: Yeah, right. I'm just we're we're on the same wavelength. I ended up in education, but not, not where I thought I was gonna be. <laughs> it's not well, like
1: your childhood dream, is it?
0: No, it's no. I'm one day. <laughs> Okay, so what was your growing up years like? Did you have parents who had pop-up books with vulvas and penises <laughs> in them? Or like what what was the scene for you? Um, I grew up I have two sisters, an
1: older and a younger sister. And we grew up in a very like I guess like a relatively tight-knit family, but not a family that had conversations that were, you know, those type of conversations. I remember when I first it's it's funny I still remember this to the day but so in year eight which is I was like 12 um in woodwork class people were talking about erections and I was like I don't know what that is went home and asked mum and she gave me this book and I didn't say anything just gave me a book and just like left me and I was like oh okay so I read this book and she was like do you have any questions I was like no way mum like I do not have any questions like um but she never like kind of prompted to continue such conversations and I remember when I first got my period which was probably later in the same year like same thing I like didn't didn't really know what was going on I was probably a bit oblivious to be honest um, but and then she eventually like I don't know started being like would you like me to you know buy you some you know I'll buy you some pads and tampons or whatever um, but we didn't necessarily openly talk about stuff so um, but my parents were like incredibly supportive and they still are like they're like always there for us but in terms of the the like maybe the hard conversations they've never really kind of engaged in those so and it still is kind of the same but like they're still 100% in our world so it's just I don't know it's a level we would love to like do with our kids like the the like the tough stuff and being real about stuff because I guess we didn't have that growing up
0: yeah never wonder about your parents sex life is it just me they don't have it
1: they 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 just they've had it three times um and then dad's had it four because he's also got another half child uh got a half brother and then that i'm pretty sure that's it so, <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure like i can't i can't be sure but i think that's it yeah. <laughs> i've no idea like honestly like i just i just assume they've had it that many times
0: and that's it so yeah yeah And that, that was just simply procreation and and it just was one time and that sperm and the egg just met that one time. And it was, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no,
1: I, I actually have thought about it a little bit and during this course and I'm like, man, like, oh, it just never would come up. Like I just, yeah, it would just never come up.
0: I know it's a forced awkward conversation. That's for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The movies sitting next to your parents is like, that doesn't get easier. Like no but maybe it should get easier but not today not today
0: well maybe tomorrow who knows Bridget what this conversation will spur on (laughs) maybe we'll have you back with your mom (laughs) oh that would be funny
1: like she'd have a go like she should have a yarn for sure but I I don't want to be there like
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh is that culture? Is that culture saying that sex is shameful and people shouldn't be doing that? What's that about?
1: It's like, it's like a generational thing. Like maybe like I can see like where my mum's kind of like hiding feelings type thing comes from, which I think it's like come from like my nan and granddad. Like I could see, I can see that, and then dad's like just a dad. Like I don't know, you know how they're not necessarily the. Oh, but he's probably, yeah, I don't know. it's somewhat generational within culture like and it takes like someone to make the shift to be able to um you have to be intentional about making a shift changing from what you were raised to raising your own children like like um, my husband and I are definitely quite um there's a lot of things we're doing quite intentionally that are different to how we were raised um and being like really open well I'm probably the one who's like more wanting to be really open with the kids about this kind of stuff um my husband just I don't know he'll just do it because I he I don't know he'll just follow along (laughs) (laughs) kind of yeah because he doesn't really know how to have hard conversations either
0: so that's something
1: we're working on also
0: we're all doing really hard things over here good for us yeah yeah what were your first uh like kind of physical or sexual experiences like
1: uh well I guess I as an early teenager I was maybe like, I don't know, I just didn't, I was too busy with like sport and music and everything, like I literally did everything at school, so I just it wasn't necessarily a massive interest, I guess, for a while, Um, yeah, for, like I had like a couple of, like I had a boyfriend in primary school, and obviously you hold hands, and and then you don't talk to each other and you write notes to each other and you you know you don't engage and then like same with like juniors you know like junior what do you, I don't know what you guys call it like 11 12 type age you've yeah. got you know, had a couple of boyfriends but it was like you definitely don't talk to them in front of others like it's yeah
0: so like real low-key stuff t- you talk to them through your friends in a giggly sort of way
1: yeah. And they, used to, like, I don't know if this is a thing anywhere else, but there used to be like a kissing circle behind the woodwork room. And so like, obviously you'd do that and then you'd never talk again. Like, so it's kind
0: of that kind of situation. So <laughs> Wow. <laughs> we got great introductions into this world. <laughs> Just a bunch of silence. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And um,
1: I'd say like, had like a boyfriend in like older high school, like, you know, 16 ish. And that was probably, I would consider him like a serious boyfriend where we actually talked and went places other than school together um I became a Christian when I was 16 and I my family's like not Christian at all so I think um there was this quite disconnective of understanding a lot of things so you get like bits and pieces from different places and I think I didn't have a really whole message on lots of things and so I think there was a like kind of a message that I I felt like I got was like don't have sex till you're married, like. And like, but no other explanation behind that. So I think I had this thing in my head, don't have sex, do you marry, don't have sex, do you're married, but like didn't really understand anything else. So engaged in some, like unfortunately, some a few things like in those years, which I didn't quite understand what was going on, type thing. I don't know. Yeah, and I think, yeah. So a few of those things. And then I met uh, my husband when I was twenty, hadn't really like hadn't had like So I I had, we like had, you know, the classic, whatever you like the sex when we were married, but sex, the word is kind of, I would redefine that now um, versus what I would have prior. It's in terms of saying we waited till we were married to have sex. Like, yes, we did, but.
0: Right. The penis didn't go in the vagina until you were married, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sexual nature of the. Yeah pleasure and connection vibe where yeah somewhat. but yeah that's the
1: thing like oh I, I, I love that I've like kind of like been relearning what that looks like because it would change how I parent my children and also change how I would teach because you know that stuff comes up like I teach at a Christian school and so like you know occasionally you know conversations come up like that and you put in your two cents but as you know as minimal as you do because you're not trying to engage too much with high schoolers that you know <laughs> you just gonna be very wary what you say mm-hmm. um but I think it would change the way it's it's it will change the way how I parent and teach for sure mm-hmm. um having that redefinition of what it like sex actually is yeah
0: yeah so important mm. That's what I, I love the ripple effect. So I love it when teachers, doctors, nurses, anyone yeah. in the helping professional or education field goes through whim because I just imagine the ripple effects and I just, mm. so good. Yeah. So what were, what was the first type of uh, sort of experiences with your husband like?
1: Well, we, we actually did long distance for four and a half years. Wow. Um which is a very long time but I guess I I was 20 I was still studying he was he was working and then we crossed over studying for one year and so then he was studying and we didn't like we were young so it's not like we're like we're going to sacrifice all of our like like we had our we're doing our thing and we just you know and so by the time we were six months married before we actually um lived together wow which was kind of like a crazy situation so it was kind of like the honeymoon period all over again type thing because all of a sudden we're in the same place and like it was this it was just exciting I feel like we like used to do it every day um Mm -hmm. because like we'd never you know like the six months of first being married like we would see each other every weekend um but yeah and then it just became this like it was just very exciting and new and I don't I honestly don't even remember like did we enjoy it or did I like I guess we did I don't know I can't. I can't even remember like like we obviously enjoyed
0: it I I remember wanting to do it I think you would remember if it was negative that those yeah. memories usually stick pretty hard
1: yeah so I I think it was just like fine or good I'd like one of the two you know somewhere in between yeah um, and you know you do it because you that's what people do but mm-hmm. like you don't really have a idea of what you're supposed to be doing, or how you're supposed to be doing it, or how often, or whatever. Like I think we just did because that's what married people do. I don't. I don't know. I I didn't necessarily have a massive thought about it, and because we, yeah, because and so that continued for like a few years, I guess. And then we started trying to have children. I think that's when it kind of changed um, mm-hmm. the direction around it. I think.
0: Yeah. How yeah. did it change it?
1: Um. So we for our first child um we we were trying for end up being like about 10 months um to have to have him and i think within that time at the start it was kind of like we started trying and you're know, like oh like it, you know it can take a little bit and then like and then eventually we got to like towards the end of that time and we we're like oh like still isn't happening like and so we actually ended up getting ourselves checked um and found that i had a bit of a a issue um, so at I was 27 at the time and had was recorded to have eggs of a like a 45 year old Oh nice. um, so that was really awesome news to hear um, and so we were lined up to get um, fertility help and um, and then we got pregnant naturally just before like literally like days before we we're supposed to go to our appointment um, so then that were, that was just like whatever like and that happened finally perfect birth like all that kind of stuff like that was all fine perfect pregnancy and all that um and then it's the next part of the journey that kind of really I think there's obviously like probably parts in the past where like it was all ruined but it definitely got ruined (laughs) um sex being an an enjoyable thing in the next few years
0: in between the two children Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, yeah just the it's interesting I have the almost exact same story as you for our first and yeah. yeah, same thing. I think my 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 um appointment with my midwife was ex- the first appointment with my midwife was the first was the exact same day that I was supposed to go in for infertility to yeah. the infertility specialist. I wonder if that's a thing. That's pretty that's pretty high statistics like just you and I. Yeah. With <laughs> 100% and this this call cool right now. I know, right? Maybe it's <laughs> the body just sort of yeah you let you let let it down stress I don't know it's what such a mystery isn't it you can't control what goes on in this this thing yeah it just beats and breathes and digests and does stuff that we can't see and have no control over yeah that's it amazing yeah so between the kids it was hard it it was so tired that sort of
1: stuff oh oh kind of Oh, yes oh no actually actually our, our first boy was like a seven to seven sleeper from like eight weeks so like i can't really complain on his sleep okay. situation Good um job. he's he's still like a, he's he likes to sleep um like he's nearly five and he falls asleep in the car if we drive anywhere from 12 o'clock but um like in the middle of the day type thing
0: yeah
1: um but so we started trying again um as soon as i got my period back um because we were like you know i was told i'd go through menopause in my early 30s so we're like, okay, like we don't. Time isn't on our side here. Like we don't, we can't muck around if we want more children. Like, yeah, we can't muck around because at that stage, so I was twenty eight then. Um, so oh no, twenty. Yeah, I just turned twenty nine um, at that point. Um, and so yeah, started trying, and I have a short cycle, so it's about twenty three days. And so you can imagine the um really great time that was, um, week on, week off period week on week off type situation um for an extended period of time and so um after like nine months we conceived again um which was awesome because it was still like within this time like you know when we first started trying I was like man if we if we conceive right now this would be a very difficult age gap um and then um it got up to a point and it was like oh this is the perfect age gap like this is awesome like worked out awesomely and um we had a um then actually we went into lockdown um and so I thought it was this really fun secret of um you know we've we've managed to keep it secret for a few weeks now and now we've gone into lockdown and you know when we get out it'll be like huge and we'll be like whoa what happened like um so there's just this big idea so we kept it secret from everyone um like literally everyone like we didn't tell anyone um although I actually I did tell a colleague at work because we were having to do like teaching online and I was really struggling because I was super sick like all the time um and so that was really difficult so just in terms of like this moral support of like I'm not doing this job well but I'm trying my best sort of thing um yeah so we went um yeah so lockdown for however long that was um and then we were just set to go out of the first lockdown and um we um I started bleeding which um it just really blindsided us because I had been sick like up until like pretty much like the miscarriage finished I was like still constantly nauseous like all the time so it was just it that blindsided us completely and um, turned into a bit of a kind of the starting point of this like downhill like terrible spiral that for the most part I was in like jet my husband was um also but I think he was impacted hugely from how I was feeling like oh, he was obviously impacted as well like you know like your life turned upside down but it was um it was very difficult so but in the midst of all of this like we would still continue trying every month like as soon as I got my period back after the miscarriage which was like a month we like tried again like every 23 days we were in this cycle of yeah like literally like week 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 of like and I'd like just love when it got to like the two weeks where we didn't have to do anything because I was it was just this chore like an absolute chore of having to do it and it was like as quick as possible because I was like oh we have to we have to keep doing this like and I didn't want to ever like think oh this was the day it was the right day and if we missed it I was I didn't want to miss it so like or this was the cycle we never have a break because it's like what if I like that's the last time I is our last chance. So it was this time pressured thing and it was just, it was horrible. And um, after a year of trying again, like we went back to get help. Um, And so we went into IVF. And so like within that journey too, so we were, um, <laughs> yeah, like still <laughs> every chance there was, we were trying naturally. And then within that, we were going through IVF. And so we went through, the first round and had a transfer that failed the other embryos died um went straight to the next round like you have like there's like two months in between um uh, all of the embryos died again and into another one all the embryos died um it was (laughs) it was was just heartbreaking and I think the hard thing was the whole time I was being told like we need donor eggs um, your body doesn't work. Um, you know, like your yeah, just those messages. And I just felt like I'm I'm broken. I'm yeah, I'm not working. I'm yeah, <laughs> my eggs are old, my body's old, it's not working, I'm going through menopause soon, like I've got no desire, like I've got all these messages like just like hitting me from like essentially like top fertility experts. I'm being told, like after the first round, even we were like, they were like, Have you considered a donor? Like, you need a donor, like this isn't working, like type thing so it was just this constant message alongside the loss alongside
0: like oh yeah it was dark having a baby really right
1: yeah yeah alongside yeah we've got this like one-year-old two-year-old at this time like trying to be a good parent trying to teach full-time at the same time like in and out of lockdown like and people would be like you know they would be like how are you going they're like oh like people that didn't know the extent of that part you know like, oh, it's not great yeah like oh, it's so hard COVID like lockdown and all this and I was like Man, you got no idea like that's great when it's on lockdown because we can sit home and cry to ourselves we don't have to go to work like it's <laughs> yeah, not great but yeah and so um after the the third round um we were like because I, I always imagine like we would keep we would keep going through IVF till we ran out of money or we couldn't do it anymore. Like, but you get to a third round of a hundred percent failure and you're like, you, when you've a hundred percent failed at something, you're like, there was not even a glimmer of hope. You're like, well, that's, this is destroying us. Like we can't do this again. And so we went for a donor um, round. Um, And as soon as we started that process, I conceived again, naturally. Um, So that was this real messed up time of, um, yeah it's very messed up because like like i was having blood tests every few days because i was like i i was like last time i was blindsided i don't want to be blindsided again and um but the levels were going up the whole time and i was like okay maybe this is you know maybe this is happening um and and then we went back into another lockdown which gave me massive anxiety because i was like this is what happened last time like um and it got to my birthday and on my birthday we had a scan and because we were like how many weeks at that stage like nine weeks um yeah had a scan and it was the worst birthday I have on record but um it wasn't a good birthday so yeah just yeah so found out we're having another miscarriage which was um yeah quite um (laughs) yeah I don't know yeah pretty bad yeah so that was hard because even within like that we were still progressing with the donor thing because I still didn't believe it was going to happen um so that was hard and then obviously miscarried and just had to deal with that um and then we went through the donor round in November December which was a few months later um and and then you have to wait it's like two or three months in between for like disease testing for a donor embryo. So we um, had to wait that time. And then within that time, uh, we conceived naturally again. And we have a one-year-old now. So it's like all sunshine and roses from there, but not at all. Like it was like a horrible pregnancy. Like you think you're going to, you know, like bleed out the whole time. Like it's, yeah, it was horrible. Um, But um, like every, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. It's like pretty messed up my view on everything around sex really like I know like every like I think I've heard you you use the term like duty sex like I guess I would label things like that because then once like the only positive of IVF and all that was like this month we don't have to do it by ourselves because you know like or just after a miscarriage I was like cool we don't have to have sex for another month like you know like it's just it's so it's so horrible to think of it like that but that's how it was like any chance there was to like not have to do it because of you know these horrible circumstances I was like relieved like absolutely relieved that yeah that there was some you know light of it all there's n- not at all like it's a hor- It's there's no light in it all but like yeah and then same with when I was pregnant with um our wee baby like there would just be some the occasional duty sex because I was like oh it's been a little bit I should probably be a good wife and engage in that because like you could easily make excuses heaps of the time like I was I was like very sick till like 27 weeks or something like that like sick pregnancy sick and sick like I had COVID I got COVID and I got um I was just like flu sick like I was destroyed like so I was on like the lowest immunity I've been on in my life but but that makes sense that I was but like I was pretty low in all ways. Like it was a very dark time.
0: <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine. So this this was like three years or something like that? Yeah, three oh. years of that. Yeah. It's pretty horrible. <laughs> Roller coaster, all the expectation.
1: Yeah. And then yeah. the
0: letdown. And then not only emotional stuff, but then you're you're your body's just going through the ringer because yep. you're injecting hormones this whole time right through IVF
1: yeah like yeah and because uh, I I think maybe some people might react worse but like the emotional side of of IVF was for me I know this can be different for other people but like I don't know like it was fine like the yeah like the sorry the, sorry op- no the, the physical like uh, yeah the physical stuff was so minor in comparison to the, the major mental issues that were going on so like although to be fair i say that and like i like every single injection was this horrible like i just cried like every time <laughs> and um uh my husband had to do it because i couldn't do it there was one time like he i don't know he got caught up with something and he didn't come home and i had to do it and he, and i'd been crying for like an hour because i had to do it myself. And he got home and he just felt terrible because I was like I just couldn't do it, but mm. I had to I had to do it. So like yeah that was yeah. And there was actually one funny time of it. It was not funny, but look back on it, I was doing like a um a music thing with a friend, um, and I had to do it in that time. So I bought the little chili bag with the <clears throat> the equipment, and he's a boy and I couldn't do it myself, so we couldn't go to like a toilet. So we sat in this hallway um and he had to inject me and these people came in and thought we were doing like heroin or something I don't know <laughs> like, it was just and I was like man I have no idea because they walked in and it's like the band is in the in the dark corridor like with needles <laughs> like of course like and they're like oh you guys do you like no judgment here and I was like oh like you have no idea right now <laughs> yeah that was it was fun. It's funny to look back on because it was just this like such a misinterpreted situation, but like I-, I had to have his help and we had to go to the dark corridor because there's no other place to do it. So but yeah, pretty messed up.
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: how did your marriage survive
0: through this whole
1: period? Great, great, question, Jenna. Um it has. It has. Um like we survived on we're a really good team and we parented obviously not the best that we could have done in a better circumstance, but we parented, we parent really well together. And so I think we were held together by our wee boy um, in terms of like our whole focus was like, just, that's the only thing, you know, like it's something you can control. Everything was out of our control. We could control raising him well. And so we did. And um, I think we became like, I know I did like quite obsessive about making sure he's like getting these cool opportunities, doing stuff all the time, like full attention. Like, so he like was extremely attention smothered, which is not a bad thing for a kid, but like, um, yeah, I can see how, yeah, how that was, but it was the, and and, like people would offer to like have him for the night and, or like friends and stuff. And and, like, we'd always turn it down because without him we kind of were like a bit lost. So, um, but yeah, how did it either somewhat? Like I was going to counseling the psychologist like the whole time, basically. Like after the first miscarriage when I was like a wreck. Like I tried to go back to school and really soon, which is it's really silly. Like it was kind of like because we were straight out of lockdown and I was back in and it was it was probably like three days. And I was like, I've already had three days. Like, that's enough to get over this. <laughs> Which in hindsight is obviously ridiculous. But I went into school and I just had this breakdown in front of the class and like ran away and I wasn't back for weeks. Like I had to be like slowly integrated in because I like I couldn't do it. And so that's when I was like, I need help because I'm obviously like this is an issue. Like I can't stand in front of a class. I couldn't speak. Like I run away from people, which is kind of funny because I literally just like run through the school because I didn't want to like be stopped yeah and,
0: and so, being, like be asked about yeah um, asking you, you which um, is the
1: stupidest question in the world for someone it really who,
0: is we need a new question
1: it's so dumb it's so dumb and I would like avoid I remember going to the supermarket and I saw like a parent of one of my students and I was going to the supermarket, and they like, I saw her, and I got back in the car and drove home, and I was, like, I can't do this, like, she probably didn't even, she wouldn't even see me, like, we could have avoided each other the whole time, but I just, like, ran away, and I went home, and I was, like, oh, I'm so sorry, Jesse. like, I can't, you go to the supermarket, like, I can't do this, <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, like, we, yeah, obviously, like, I was, like, in this, like, extremely like PTSD to the extreme like anxiety depression like all all you can imagine like coming from like my natural disposition is like positive and optimistic and when you don't feel like anything in your life I I don't know it just destroyed me absolutely destroyed me and my husband was doing all he could to you know (laughs) like he was he was obviously broken too but I think there's like a difference when you're the one who's experiencing the physicalness of everything like like your body is going through the ringer like uh, yeah, it's a different like he obviously had the emotions behind it, but there's and then also you're the reason that this isn't working like it's my fault um yeah. so that's <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of like I think I'm I'm working on it, but in terms of like you know like when you think that like, you're not broken like I still I I that's something I'm still working on is like, you know, my body is good (laughs) like my body works well although there's an element that obviously is said to not work well it's a really tough one for me and then alongside the low desire type situation which obviously came yeah it was difficult but since um our last baby's here um we've been really intentional about trying to work on our marriage like um but it's, it's intentional. Like it's, it's, it's not just something that's going to happen accidentally. Like we're trying really hard. Um, yeah. Cause we've, if you're broken down for three years, you can't expect it to be fixed in a year. So we're still on that pathway. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All of us are, it's never, yeah. and, I mean, it makes so much sense. You were told by the directly by multiple medical professionals that your yep. body is broken. It's not functioning correctly, quote unquote, Yeah, and uh our bodies work differently yeah and uh yeah that's that's tricky when you're stuck in a medical model yeah and you want another baby yeah so you're gonna do everything and all you can to make that happen Um, yeah for as long as you can yeah until until all options are run out
1: yeah yeah basically yeah nothing um We always thought we wanted more children, but it's a very difficult thought. Like it's like, we're not revisiting it yet. Cause we thought like, when I get my period back, like, you know, we'll start trying to give it like, we've got other things to heal right now that are more important for the long term things. So like, like obviously like we've come through your course, um, which has been really like incredible for us, like kind of just reframing like everything around, um, Sex, which has been really important because it's obviously been framed in this like very negative way, um, for a while now, and so it's been a really, I don't think we could have done it any earlier, um, because like in terms of although if we had done it, oh, but then I don't know, like I think even doing it before all of this stuff and still having to go through the trying thing, like I think that's yeah it couldn't just be like a once a week situation like you've got quite specific kind of I don't know so yeah we've yeah the, the timing worked for us like kind of signed up pretty quickly to be honest like it just popped up like kind of like days before you kind of started and I'm like not one to like you know like if there's a decision to be made it'll be made straight away like I'm not going to just like muck around it'll be like oh sweet what's this like be, and like the money was obviously got a big factor, but I guess we saw it as like this is our marriage for the next eighty years, however long we're going to live, probably not to one hundred and ten. But, um, but yeah, it's worth you know it's worth the investment if this and if it doesn't work, we've just spent however many thousand on IVF and that didn't work anyway. So, money's money, like whatever. So, but um, yeah, we signed up very quickly, um, which was I'm glad, I'm glad. So.
0: Oh, yeah. how long had it been since your second child had been born when you took the course
1: uh so it, what was it June July and she was born at the very end of September so she she is now nearly one okay. so she like like nine ten months eight months nine months something yeah yeah
0: interesting so you you went into whim with a lot of stuff around sex <laughs> and probably your body too did you yeah mm-hmm.
1: like but in terms of just like negativity
0: just negativity or feeling disconnected or angry
1: yeah or just that you just like you just don't work yeah that like I should want this like I should I don't know yeah just a lot of brokenness like a lot yeah and then obviously you've got like that whole stuff and then like you've been raised in culture that isn't necessarily nailing this area. So, um, yeah, so you've got this foundation of like, you know, bad cultural messages,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, coming from both sides, like husband as well. Like he definitely reflects and was like, wow, like, you know, we had some unhealthy things. Both of us were getting, um, hit at, but, um, yeah, that's your foundation. And then you chuck on this like years of trauma around this area and you've got a pretty, uh,
0: Working on situation for sure. <laughs> yeah. Did your husband know how much you were struggling at that point? With sex? Yeah.
1: Not the extent. Not the extent. And and I think it's really hard because I actually never wanted I think the the good part was the compassion letter in the first week. Was it first week? A. Eh? Yeah. Um, and I wrote that pretty like <laughs> there's a lot in there. And I just like just read this. Um and he I don't think he realized the the extent of the trauma i guess around it all and the way i saw my body the way i was actually feeling in many different situations in our world um and i'd never expressed it because i guess um i guess he has some like self-esteem issues on a side and so i never wanted to be the one bringing him down so i just held it because i wanted to be building him up as much as possible. And I felt like some of the things I'd be saying would impact him in like a mental health way. And I didn't, I just, I was like, oh, I can hold this. Cause I've, yeah, I, yeah. I just felt like I should be the one holding it and it was my problem. So I just had to get over it and, you know, figure it out myself. I don't know. But yeah, we just hadn't really had those discussions kind of ever detailed stuff about anything to do with sex. Really. Like, I was like super awkward around saying anything.
0: Oh yeah, I'm welcome to the club. yeah have has your view about views about that changed now in terms of prioritizing how he feels and not wanting to rock the boat for him? Would you have done it any differently now that you've been through WIM? uh I think it's
1: uh like the whole course has allowed, you know there's there's like specific things we have to do and like and so it's that structure around it has been really helpful in terms of like, how to frame conversations and, and having to have conversations at certain times and being specific about certain things. Like it's just been a really good framework for us. Cause it's been like, and I guess <laughs> the thing like for me, like I was like, I want to engage in this course as much as I can because we've paid for it. And I don't want it. I want it to be, I want, yeah, I want to engage in it. And so I was trying my best to engage in it the best I could. And same with him, like trying to get him to engage in it as well so that we learn as much as we could while we could. And we did. We learned a lot. Um, Yeah, I think now we're both in like a process of still working on like mental health things. And he's definitely gone into another um, finally realizing that he needs a wee bit of help in some areas. And so I think it's easier to have the conversations now because we have some framework and we have some kind of like backing thoughts from. I guess like professional people that are helping to oh sorry word like explain some things for us i guess yeah, yeah. You're not on your
0: own anymore
1: yeah and we can and it's not like if i say something it's not like a personal attack at anything it's it's explained by this and this like it, it's we've got more framework and more knowledge and more wisdom around it that's helping us have these conversations and helping us interact better like we're going to be better husband and wife cup like forever like it's it's changed us sort of thing and it's changed our parenting too um definitely like um especially like you know like we've got a little boy and like we're I was always so awkward like how do you (laughs) navigate like I knew what we weren't we didn't know how to have like the touching self type thing because they just touch like that's just what they do like and I never knew and I was actually like there was a parent who's got he's got two boys and they're like 15 14 and I was like man I just really need to have a conversation with him because I want to parent this well like I don't want our son to come up with any toxic messages about his body and then we've got a daughter as well so same thing like I want to parent this like the best I possibly can um but but coming through the course is actually really giving me like us some wisdom around that like of um which is really cool so it's not just a course about you know sex between husband and wife like it's so much more than that um yeah so thanks jennifer like how you've done it like it's it's really cool like we're really thankful that you know you're gonna eventually we'll continue on our path to be better people and better parents so mm-hmm. yeah we're really
0: thankful that's beautiful yeah that's what i always hope is that parents are able to come at it from not a little bit more healed with their shame and a little bit yeah. more than and and because parenting is such an inner inner job and yes. um uh, <laughs> so humbling yeah. isn't it yeah, it is oh, what was I've... that like for the safety week because we go pretty quickly from compassionate where you're where you're talking about yeah writing the letter and you know it's one thing to hand your husband something and it's another to say hey by the way that thing you do I don't actually <laughs> like it very much yeah that
1: really threw him off a few other things that were on the list. Um, Cause at the start I was like, I don't like anything. Like I just like, I can't,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you're supposed to have a list of things you like and don't like. I was like, well, this is a one-sided list for sure. Like, yeah. um, and it I didn't comes, even it want It comes wipe. first.
0: The, the no, you got to get it out, you know? The,
1: yeah. The and you know, I think it was, it's been really awesome. Like having that no and being able to like have the permission to voice those things. That was really important because there were some things that I always didn't like. And, and it's funny cause I would, I would have dealt with it with humor um to avoid it and so my husband would respond in such ways but like actually like I I realize now like how much I like really didn't want these things but you think you're supposed to like want them or allow them because that's what you do yeah and yeah I think it was really good to be able to have that permission like no I actually don't like when you like stare at me when I'm like getting dressed like I, I don't want you to do that like look at my face like look at my great smile like look at my eyes like I don't know like just just don't stare at my body like and don't like I don't know there's lots of little things like like we enjoy showering to you but then I stopped wanting to because he like thinks it's an opportunity and I was like I actually like because we're like we have to connect here like and just talk but I stopped wanting to do that because I was sick of like just how he would use that opportunity because he'd see it as an opportunity and he would yeah he was like I don't want to yeah he would even say yeah there's lots of things he'd say like subtly as jokes but like you can see how like you would I felt like I was being treated like a I don't know like a commodity of sorts yeah which you don't realize at the time until you you know put this language to and put this backing to it and actually understand how I was feeling and it's okay to be feeling that I don't want these things and that's okay
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah yeah we go from well i think we all go to why don't i like the things that i'm supposed to like that back yeah. to i'm broken versus yeah i just have preferences i you know yeah. like certain food and don't like certain food and why can't we have that with touch and look yeah well?
1: yeah absolutely like that's been really then like because we're still and it's actually because in the last because we've since when like it's been how many weeks now like five ish weeks and so we've had like of like the xd's and stuff we've had like three that would be like like xd-ish and but in the last three weeks like we've the whole family's been very sick it's like we've just come out of winter where we are um and so like we've had like my husband's been sick the kids have been sick like i had i've been sick like like quite sick too like i had like hand foot and mouth like that's so like you're not kissing anyone with that oh like. my kids have had that a couple that's awful yeah like blisters all through your throat type thing like it's it's so yeah you're not like you know and like and my husband's been like coughing and so like we've all been in separate rooms because I'm like I haven't had the cough yet so I'm like I'm not getting that like we're not lying close to each other with our faces within half a meter like I'm not dealing with that so with our XDs have just been like interacting intentionally you know outside of the bedroom but like it's still it's still fun but it's not like it's not the intimacy that We've had in the the other ones, which is obviously still got some work on. But Mm -hmm. um, as you say, it's a lifelong journey, so uh, we're at the very starting paths of such journey.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. If I remember correctly, please correct me if I'm wrong. You had quite a bit of anxiety going into your first xd's Am I getting that right? Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I was freaking out. Like I, I
1: was, yeah, I was absolutely freaking out. I don't know why it seems silly right because you're just like hanging out with your husband in your room like don't we do that all the time but I was I was I was yeah I was very um very anxious about it Mm -hmm. which it just seems silly looking at it I guess and as you would say it makes sense like that I was um anxious about it because I think you had said to me like um you know you've got all of these years of like poor experiences and now you're like flipping a switch to it thinking it's going to be positive like of course the only experience we've had is it well, it's not only experience but in the f- last wee while it has been pretty negative so um so yeah I think it's going to take a while to really change that I guess that like muscle memory of what this this is and what it looks like mm-hmm. yeah and so I think even each, <laughs> each one like there's like an element of like thankfulness for our sickness um (laughs) to do it oh I don't know like I want to continue to work on the xd's I do but like sometimes I'm like oh it's nice that we can avoid it for now but I so going into the one where we're actually both not sick um I'm assuming there's going to be a little bit of anxiety too but which will be quickly uh, like quickly dissipate because my husband's been really um he's done all that you've told him to Jenna like he's (laughs) He's been, yeah, he's doing the right things and saying the right things. And um yeah, so he's, there's no, he's been a hundred percent supportive. And so I'm really lucky that, yeah, that that's been the case. There's been no like, yeah, backhanded comments or like, you know, like there's a, he's just a hundred percent positive, which like, sums him up because he's a, an incredible person. And I think all he wants to do like you do in any couple, right. You just want the best for your person. And so yeah, we both do that, but he's, he's exceptional with that, like, he's, he's all for me, and doing the best he can with what he has, sort of thing,
0: yeah. For the men listening, do you want to offer some sort of practical ideas of what your husband is doing to help you with that?
1: Oh, so, so for the first one, because I just didn't even, I just, I couldn't, couldn't voice anything, and so I ended up, I just wrote down this big list of things of, like, The things I wanted and didn't want and the way it should look and didn't look and that was really helpful and then he just like went through the list he like took it from he took a screenshot from my phone or sent the the note to his phone and he's went through the list and just like did those things and remembered those things and prepared the room as I you know suggested and did the things he needed to do so he just like so like I guess if there was someone who was anxious about it like writing it down was helpful for me and that could be helpful for someone else and then he actually engaged with that and he yeah and then he didn't he was kind of like I don't know what did he do just let me was like content with whatever we did like it didn't matter if it was real low-key or like a little bit less low-key like it's he he was content with that and he he showed he was content with it and voiced he was content with it and that took pressure off that I was like oh like we didn't have sex and and that was okay like we had a great time. Like it was still so connecting and pleasurable. Um and that was encouraging for me because yeah, he was just reinforcing that this is great. Like we're together and it's awesome. And it doesn't have to end in, you know, male orgasm, which is what, you know, we're told so long it's a finishing event which like, it's funny because you know in the past we may have like had experiences where it hadn't ended in that and we're like oh we just didn't even have sex like and it's like oh, we actually did have sex it's just because he didn't didn't orgasm because but you feel like it was incomplete which is so silly like but that's just what we're told yeah, yeah.
0: rather than the intention of pleasure and connection which yeah so many different forms and what and that's the point of it all
1: yeah and it's it's really cool because I think it's an exciting thought of how it could be and I think we're definitely still in that like figuring it out and processing and, and reframing how things are in that area of our world mm. Um, and we really want to get this right before you know if we do you know go down the pathway of another child like I don't know there's a lot of trauma and I I don't know how or if that will happen but you know options open but our first priority right now is actually like healing in all areas of our marriage because that's the thing that's there forever Mm -hmm. Um, and so we really want and and you're a better parent when you're a better husband and wife right so we're just trying to be yeah good parents too yeah so we hope that we can model it well um, yeah so that they can see like a loving connecting like like physical emotional relationship so we can model that for our children because yeah especially for like maybe for our wee girl like I don't know I think like as you know like it's is it more difficult for females growing up in this world with the way culture is like very conscious of being raising her in a really healthy way and and with our son and with our son like obviously both of them because it's no actually there's very different messages and they're both bad aren't they so yeah but we're yeah we're trying really hard to do that as best we can yeah Mm.
0: I've been reading a couple of books by a woman named Peggy Ornstein. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. She wrote a book called Girls and Sex and then another one called Boys and Sex. Yeah. And it's been really interesting to, to, cause she's basically a, um, oh, what's the word? The people who look into things and do a bunch of research <laughs> and journalist. She's a journalist. <laughs> And so she's looking at from that perspective and she studied uh, college age girls and then she went on to study um, college age boys and uh, it's they're hard reads because it really is the truth about what girls and boys are facing. But I really appreciate that she went on to do research about boys, too, because they're just as affected. Uh, We just see it in different ways. Yeah. Yeah who knows I keep on being asked to do parenting courses and that may be on the horizon at some point we'll see what happens we're
1: totally engage with you
0: <laughs> yeah let's do it
1: yeah um and it's funny how I'm um, thinking about like the way you see the boys and girls like I never had a problem with saying like um like wipe your penis like you know wash your penis like and as soon as it was with our wee girl like I had to I've got to be very like, mm-hmm. you know, like wipe your vulva we're washing your vulva like it's like it just sounded weird like it's I don't know why like it's just how we're ingrained right Mm -hmm. um that's one of the things we're trying to like normalize that language because when you're a high school teacher I don't know if you've ever engaged in a classroom but
0: you're not I have teens (laughs) like penises are everywhere they draw them everywhere they talk about erections hard-ons boners I mean how many words are there for it and then the minute I say vulva my kids are like mom mom how do you see that? I'm like, all right. I-, I think I'm winning them over, but it's taking some time.
1: <laughs> well, if anyone can win them over, you can. And once you can, like, if it's taken you this, you
0: know. <laughs> oh, it's taken me years. I don't know. Maybe I'm traumatizing them. I'm not sure. I try to keep take, take it easy, but um I, I have pointed out, and I- I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast, I have pointed out that it is easy to draw a Volvo. It's just a couple of like, you know, lines. You know, they're saying, well, the penis is easier to to draw. You know, it's sort of an iconic shape. And I'm like, hey, vulvas are just as easy. So that is my maybe I'll start graffitiing vulvas around my town.
1: <laughs> We've had like a um like vandalism of like a massive penis on our front field of like burnt in with like i don't
0: I know like actual like, or something like I, I don't that's know what they commitment mean. they really yeah. want to make a statement yeah
1: so they're everywhere like my husband teaches in all boys school and you'd think like well would it be more or less because they're trying to impress girls i don't know but it's it's like very prevalent he's an art teacher and so um just there's always pens and
0: pencils out so it's kind of just
1: yeah it's a very common picture that comes up
0: yeah and and sometimes they add the little dribble of ejaculate too that's real fun as well yeah wonder what different ranges he he has in this classroom a few (laughs) (laughs) few. oh my gosh it has been such a joy to spend this hour with you I um yeah I just love it I love you know because in WIM we don't get to spend this time together like this and this is just I love I loved hearing your story and and thank you for sharing it. I, I'm sure, especially those who have been through the roller coaster of infertility and IVF and miscarriages, I'm sure this has been a really validating conversation for them. So yeah.
1: You. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Jana. Okay. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening right to the end. And I will talk to you in the next one. Bye for now. If you've enjoyed this episode, I have a favor to ask of you. It's really hard to get the word out about a podcast about sex. What would really, really help is if you would leave a rating and a review. And I know that you get asked this all the time in different podcasts, but please, I beg you, it would really, really help so that more women who need this message will hear it. All you have to do is go into your Apple podcast app. It's the purple icon. And if you go to the podcast page where it shows my face, it has a little button that says latest episodes if you scroll down past the episodes and you get to a section called ratings and reviews there's a little purple writing thing that <laughs> says write a review if you click on that it will ask you to give it a five stars actually you can put any stars but five is what I would love and put a title and then write your review thank you so much for supporting this little venture here and i really am so grateful if you are curious about wanting it more and how this program could help you want and enjoy sex more with your husband and you feel like it may be a great next step for you you can go to janet dentonhouse.com wanting it more to sign up for the wait list to learn more to see when we're running our next round. All right, that's it. I'll see you next one.